Happy Sabbath, everyone. Can you hear me okay? Okay, great, great. I count it a privilege and an honor to stand before you today with the awesome mission of preaching God's word. And can we give our young people another hearty amen for them using their gifts for God? Amen. Amen. I'm excited to be here with you this morning, and I want to invite you to pray with me as I share from the topic, how to deal with disappointment how to deal with disappointment. Shall we pray? God, we thank you for bringing us here to worship you in spirit and in truth. We thank you, God, for bringing us through yet another week to experience another Sabbath day. And now as we open your word, we pray that your Holy Spirit may speak to our hearts and speak to our minds. May we leave this place different from when we walked in, is our prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. How to deal with disappointment. You know, this is one of my favorite times of the year. In fact, as that Christmas song says, it's the most wonderful time of the year. Am I right? Many of us just celebrated Thanksgiving, and I'm sure that it was a time where we were able to eat with our family and friends, and maybe some of us overate, but we were able to enjoy good food and good fellowship with those that we love the most. I'm excited because in about a month, we'll be able to celebrate Christmas. Again, a time where we're able to spend time with family and friends and reflect on the greatest gift that was ever given, the gift of salvation through Jesus Christ. It's a joyful time of the year, and as our elder mentioned, Monique and I, my fiance, we're going to be married about 16, no, 15 days from now. Yes, we're counting down the days. I'm excited. It's a time of joy. There's much to be thankful about. But many people, and I imagine many people even in this congregation, are disappointed. Elder Afif shared with me that the two young men who passed away from Andrews University had roots in this very church. And so I know that we are suffering right now. There are people dealing with disappointment, and many people don't have family and friends who can support them through the challenging times that this season often brings. Some people are forced to celebrate the holidays alone or on the streets. It can be a time of disappointment. And many of us, as we are reflecting on our unfulfilled hopes and unmet expectations throughout this past year, we're thinking about how we made resolutions in January that didn't last past February. We're disappointed with ourselves. We're disappointed with our circumstances. We may be disappointed even as we look at the things happening in our own country. There's a lot of disappointment right now. I'm glad this morning because even though we may face disappointment in our lives, there's a word from the Lord about how we can deal with our disappointment. And we're going to look at this story in Luke chapter 24, verses 13 through 28. If you have your Bibles, I invite you to turn with me there to Luke chapter 24, verses 13 through 27. And when you have it, say amen. Luke chapter 24, verses 13 through 27. You see, disappointment is a part of life. But this story that we're going to study today will teach us how we can deal with our disappointments. As you're turning there, 
I want to give you the context for these verses. You see, Jesus has just died on the cross. Jesus has died on the cross, and his disciples, those who loved him and had followed him, they are disappointed. In fact, I would even dare say that they're devastated. This was their savior and their friend who they had followed for three and a half years of their lives. They had left their family. They had left their own friends. They had left those things that were familiar to them to follow Jesus. And now Jesus has died. It's a Sunday morning after his crucifixion. And these women who had also followed Jesus go to his gravesite and they see two men, two angels, who tell them that Jesus is alive. But then some of the disciples, in fact, Peter goes to the gravesite and Jesus is not there. And so there's still some disappointment. They're still wondering what has happened. And we've come to this story in Luke chapter 24, verse 13. And we're going to read the first four verses that were read for our scripture reading. The Bible says in Luke 24, verse 13, now behold, Two of them, two of the disciples, were traveling that same day to a village called Emmaus, which was seven miles from Jerusalem. And they talked together of all these things which had happened. So it was, while they conversed and reasoned, that Jesus himself drew near and went with them. Verse 16, their eyes were restrained so that they did not know him. So these disciples, these two disciples are walking from Jerusalem to Emmaus. It's a seven mile journey. They're walking and they're talking about all these things that had happened. And then Jesus himself shows up with these disciples. Now we're reading this story from an outside perspective. The disciples do not realize that this is Jesus who has showed up with them. But we know because we're reading this story. And you see, here is the first thing that we need to do in order to deal with our disappointment. The first thing is that we need to allow Jesus to draw near to us. Amen? We need to allow Jesus to draw near to us. Notice that in verse 15, the Bible says, So it was while they conversed and reasoned that Jesus himself drew near to them. We need to allow Jesus to draw near to us in the midst of our disappointment. You know, there was a time in my own life where I was very disappointed with myself. In fact, I was a sophomore in college. I was disappointed with some decisions that I had made and where I was in life. And instead of allowing Jesus to draw near to me, I used drugs and alcohol and partying to try to cope with my disappointment. But it wasn't until I allowed Jesus to come into my life and come into my heart that things began to change. I began to receive peace and comfort and hope, and I began to see God's direction for my life. And so many times when we're disappointed in our own lives, we will use things or we will use people to try to deal with our disappointment. Isn't that right? We'll try to drown out the disappointment. We'll try to distract ourselves, not realizing that the God-shaped void in our heart can only be filled by God. If you use other things, it will leave you feeling high, dry, and empty. We need to allow Jesus to draw near to us in the midst of our disappointment. But what I like about this passage, church, is that Jesus not only draws near to these disciples, but look back at verse 15. The Bible says that Jesus himself drew near and went with them. In other words, when we're disappointed, we need to allow Jesus to walk with us through the disappointment. 
You see, it's one thing for Jesus to show up, but Jesus doesn't just show up to these disciples. He walks with them on the journey. You know, I remember when I was hired at my very first job, and many of us remember our first job. And how many of us are familiar with Kroger? The supermarket, Kroger. This was my first job. I was hired as a bagger and a cart boy. But I remember at 14 years old, putting on my suit and tie, I remember walking into that interview confident, walking back out. A few days or weeks later, I can't remember what it was, the manager of Kroger called me back and told me that I had been hired. And I went back up there to receive paperwork and training, and even though I had been hired as a bagger and a cart boy, I felt like I was the CEO of the company. I felt good. And I'll never forget what my supervisor taught me in training. You see, when you're working customer service at a grocery store or otherwise, you will have people coming into the store asking questions. And a common question at a supermarket is, where can I find this item or where can I find that item? So let's say that someone comes in and they're asking where the eggs are. We were trained not just to tell them, but to show them. Stay with me now. Good customer service isn't just to tell the person, hey, the eggs are on aisle eight. You don't just tell them, you walk with them to go get the eggs. You see, in walking with someone, you're showing that you care about their situation. You want them to find that aisle. You want them to find that item. And so you're walking with them. You could say that a hallmark of great customer service is walking with someone to find what they're looking for. And I'm glad this morning that a hallmark of Jesus' character is to walk with his disciples in the midst of their disappointment. Jesus does not show up, just show up in their lives, but he walks with them, showing that he cares about these disciples. He wants to associate himself with them. And I'm grateful that when we're going through the trials, the challenges of this life, that Jesus is willing to walk with us. Amen? But it gets even better than that. Because as Jesus walks with these disciples, a conversation begins to take place. And we see this conversation as we continue reading the verses. So we'll pick up in verse 17, where Jesus said to them, what kind of conversation is this that you have with one another as you walk and are sad? Then one of those, then the one whose name was Cleopas answered and said to him, are you the only stranger in Jerusalem? And have you not known the things which happened there in these days? In other words, this disciple named Cleopas is saying, Jesus, have you had your head under a rock? Have you not been watching CNN? Have you not been watching Fox News? Do you not know what's going on? not realizing that everything that had happened, happened to Jesus himself. Jesus entertains this question, and he said to them in verse 19, what things? So they said to him, the things concerning Jesus of Nazareth, who was a prophet mighty in deed and word before God and all the people, and how the chief priests and our rulers delivered him to be condemned to death, and crucified him. Verse 21, but we were hoping that he, it was he who was going to redeem Israel. 
Indeed, besides all this, today is the third day since these things happened. Yes, and certain women of our company who arrived at the tomb early astonished us. When they did not find his body, they came saying that they had also seen a vision of angels who said he was alive. And certain of those who were with us went to the tomb and found it just as the women had said, but him they did not see. You know, I find it interesting, ironic even, that these disciples are sharing what has happened with Jesus as though he's ignorant of the situation. And these disciples in these verses are doing all of the talking, but notice Jesus' response in verse 25. Jesus says to them, O foolish ones and slow of heart to believe in all that the prophets have spoken, ought not the Christ to have suffered these things and to enter into his glory? And beginning at Moses and all the prophets, he expounded to them in all the scriptures the things concerning himself. You see, the disciples are sharing the reason for their disappointment. But it's not until Jesus speaks that they receive clarity. And here's the third thing that we need to do in order to deal with our disappointment. We need to allow Jesus to speak to us. So many times we can be just like these disciples, going on and on in our prayer clauses about our problems, not realizing that God already knows what we're going through. And I believe that there is a place for us to be honest with God and to share with him what's happening in our lives. But sometimes we make the mistake of telling God how to fix the problem. We'll say things like, God, if I only had a little bit more money, God, if you would just remove this person from my life, God, if you would do this, God, if you would do that, not waiting for that still small voice to speak to us. If we're going to deal with our disappointment, we need to allow Jesus to speak to us. And notice what Jesus does in this passage. Verse 27 says, beginning at Moses and all the prophets, he expounded to them in all the scriptures the things concerning himself. Jesus points them back to scripture. Jesus points them back to the Bible in order to deal with their disappointment. You see, their disappointment was based on a misunderstanding of scripture. They thought that Jesus was going to establish his kingdom at his first coming, not realizing that the Messiah was also the suffering servant not realizing that the Son of God and the Son of Man was also the Lamb slain from the foundation of the world. And this was a common misconception of that time. People expected Jesus, if he was truly the Messiah, to set up his kingdom right there and right then and to deal with all of their problems immediately. They expected Jesus to overthrow the Roman government, not realizing that his kingdom was not of this world. And so many times, is this not true of us? We have misconceptions about scripture. We expect God to work in a certain way. And when he doesn't, we get disappointed. But could it be, could it be that the reason for our disappointment is a misunderstanding of what God has said in his word? Is it our first reaction when we're disappointed about something to go back to the word of God? Or do we operate off of our own assumptions? Jesus points these disciples back to scripture, and he explains to them the reason for their disappointment. 
And I believe that Jesus will also do the same for us whenever we're disappointed, whenever we're going through trials and tribulations. If we would just go back to the word of God, I believe that we would find comfort for a situation. I believe that we would find answers for what we're going through. And get this, Jesus could have revealed himself to the disciples at any point in time. Am I right? He could have told the disciples, uh, I'm Jesus, I've resurrected. But look at how Jesus deals with their disappointment. He takes them through a process because we need to understand that there is growth in the process. Sometimes we want answers now. Sometimes we want God to work out our situation right now. We live in a world of instant gratification. We want our problems dealt with on our time. But could it be that God allows certain things to happen in our lives so that we can learn from it, so that we can grow from it? And listen, I'm not claiming to have all of the answers, nor will we know all of the answers on this side of eternity. In fact, Paul says in 1 Corinthians 13, verse 12, for we see through a mirror dimly. There's some things we won't understand in this life. There are some things that we just won't know the answer to, and that can be frustrating. That can cause us to be disappointed. I've been there. I've wondered, God, why, why are things working out this way in my life? But disappointment is not the end of the story. The question is, what are we going to do with our disappointment? Are we going to allow our disappointments to define us? Or are we going to allow Jesus to deal with our disappointments? Jesus in this passage, he deals with the disappointments of the disciples by pointing them back to scripture. And their disappointment actually turns to delight. Let's read the final verses of this passage, verses 28 through 35. The Bible continues and says, Then they drew near to the village where they were going, and he indicated that he would have gone farther. But they constrained him, saying, Abide with us, for it is toward evening, and the day is far spent. And he went in to stay with them. Now it came to pass, as he sat at the table with them, that he took bread blessed and broke it and gave it to them. Then their eyes were open, and they knew him, and he vanished from their sight. And they said to one another, did not our heart burn within us while he talked with us on the road and while he opened the scriptures to us? So they rose up that very hour and returned to Jerusalem and found the eleven and those who were with them gathered together, saying, the Lord is risen indeed and has appeared to Simon. And they told about the things that had happened on the road and how he was known to them in the breaking of bread. Now stay with me. The disciples have reached their destination. Jesus acts as if he would go farther, as if he had somewhere else to go, but the disciples compel him to stay with them because they were having an experience with Jesus. And so they invite him in the house. There's a meal. And I don't know if it was the way Jesus prayed. I don't know if it was as he passed the bread to these disciples that they saw the nail scars in his hand. But something about this exchange caused the disciples to realize that it was Jesus who was with them the whole time. And once they realized that Jesus was alive, they went back to Jerusalem. Now, wait a minute. 
Hold on a second. They went back to Jerusalem. It was nighttime. The roads were dangerous. There were thieves and robbers waiting to plunder them. There were no street lights. There were no paved roads. They went in the middle of the night back to Jerusalem, seven miles away, to share the fact that Jesus had risen? That must have been some good news for them to go through all of that just to share the fact that Jesus had risen. And so it is with us. When we've had an experience with Jesus, when Jesus shows up in our lives in such a powerful way, when he does something for us, we can't help but share it with someone else. We can't help but tell someone else about this experience that we've had, how Jesus has dealt with our disappointment. You know, there are many times where my fiance and I are studying together, and she's a nursing student. And as I'm studying in the seminary, of course, I'm a theology student. And so oftentimes I'm reading my Bible, whether it's for a class assignment or to prepare for a sermon, and she's doing her work. And sometimes God will just show me something from his word. He'll show me a verse in a way that I've never seen it before, and I can't help but share it with her. Now, she's like, Rodney, I got to do work too, so, you know, can, can you let me study? But that experience is so powerful when God does something in your life, when he shows you something about himself, when he gives you peace or comfort from his word, you can't help but share that bit of good news with someone else. And these disciples were willing to run back seven miles down the road through whatever danger just to share the news of a risen Savior. It wasn't just that Jesus had dealt with their disappointment, but it was the fact that Jesus was alive. And I'm glad this morning that we serve a risen Savior. And because he lives, we can face tomorrow. Because he lives, all fear is gone. Because we know that Jesus himself holds the future. And life is worth the living just because he lives. I'm glad this morning that even when we're disappointed, even when the trials of life have beat us down, that Jesus will draw near to us. He'll walk with us. He'll speak to us. He'll give us clarity. And he will also inspire us, as he did these disciples at the very end of the story. And so I want to make an appeal this morning, because I realize that it's been a difficult week for many of us. Maybe you're dealing with disappointment right now. Whether it's disappointment with yourself, your circumstances, whatever it may be. And you're just saying, God, I want you to deal with my disappointment. I want you to speak to me. I want you to help me through this. If that's you, I just want you to stand where, we, where you are, and I want to say a special word of prayer for you. If that's your desire, you're saying, God, I'm disappointed. I need you right now. I just want to ask that you would stand where you are, and I want to say a special word of prayer for you. Amen. Our heads are bowed and our eyes are closed.
God, we want to thank you for the power of your word. We thank you, God, for the encouragement that we can find as we look in the words of Scripture. And God, so many things are happening in our lives. We're suffering. We need you to show up and to remind us that you love us and care about us. God, I don't know what the people in this room may be going through on a personal level, on a spiritual level, but God, I pray that in your way, you will help them to deal with the disappointments of life. God, may you give them a fresh revelation of your character. May you give them fresh hope and fresh strength to deal with whatever it is that they may be going through. And God, especially comfort those families who have experienced losses in their lives. Help them to know that you are right there with them, even in the midst of their suffering. Thank you, God, for hearing and answering this prayer. Thank you, God, for being so good and for not leaving us to deal with our disappointment alone, but for being a God who cares about us. And so we surrender ourselves to you this morning, and we ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen.